is part two of our over under NBA pod. We are now going to be doing the Western Conference. Just ran through the East, uh, Kush. We had quite a few areas where we disagreed. Let's see how the West goes. Um, starting with the Dallas Mavericks. So Dallas is at 48 and a half. Now, this is a team that went far last year, Western Conference Finals. You know, Luca playing out of his mind once again. But the win total this year, 48 and a half, is three and a half short of where they finished last season, 52 and 30. Um, the biggest kind of news around them is really Christian Wood and who they acquired and then losing Jalen Brunson. So where are you on Dallas? Yeah. So I've got Dallas as an under, uh, I think there'll be a slight under. I, I love Luca. I think he's my, he's my favorite non-Celtic for sure. Um, I think he's, he's amazing, but I think losing Brunson will have an impact on the team. I, being Christian Wood in is, is important, but they didn't really bring anyone great in. And I, I just, it kind of sucks for Luca, right? He's been playing all these seasons without just having like a, a second guy next to him who's really good. And we look around the league, every other big team has two guys at the top. So I could see them going under. I could see Luca getting a little bit annoyed with his organization this year. And I don't know how that might translate into, into wins and losses. So I'm going to take the under on this. I think the West is also stronger. So that's going to. Um, have an impact as well. I like it. I'm also going under. I think, like you said, the the improvements are marginal. This is a team that continues to make moves on the margins, which I don't understand. They need to do something more drastic if they really want to contend. And I think you you get this false sense of security because you went to the Western Conference Finals. You are on an upward trajectory, but I just don't see it continuing to get better. And so with a tougher Western conference um, roster, essentially not changing too much. Uh, I like that they address some of their big man needs with JaVale McGee, uh, who's a good pick and roll partner for Luca and, and Christian Wood obviously provides some of that offensive punch to get Hardaway back for the season. But I just, it's marginal improvements. And given the rest of the West, I can't justify them even hitting 52 I'm going slight under as well. Um, you, you know what I find, you know what, and this might be a weird parallel for the Mavericks, but I feel like they're building the team as though, like how they built it around Dirk, right? They had like one superstar and then they had a bunch of sort of role players and maybe slightly better than role players around him. And then they won the title with that team. So it seems like they think that they can run back the same model around Luca and win again, but the league's changed in the last 10 years, right? You need at least two guys um, to be, or at least you know, two top tier guys to to go far and to win the title. So that's my biggest concern is that they think that what worked for them in the past is going to work again, and at least that's how they look to be being to building the team. Yeah, there's way too much talent in the league compared to you know back when Dirk won, and it's just hard. It's like everything needs to go perfect. Like last year, they they played out of their minds first couple rounds. But against the Warriors, things fall apart. And and if you're relying on everything to go perfect just for a chance to win the title, you're wasting a player like Luka in his prime. So I agree. Um, I think this year is going int- to raise some serious questions. Like you said, I don't know if Luka is going to be vocal about it or not, but it, it's gonna they're going to have a serious kind of self-reflection after this to see if they need to do something more drastic. So we both go under. Nitin actually goes over on Dallas. Okay. Curious to hear his go. thoughts. He loves Luca. We know that then he gets carried away with the hype. Um, I could see him justifying it, but you know, we'll see. Dallas is, is continually be good the last couple of seasons, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they're one of the top teams I guess again. If you're in the boat that this is Luca's MVP season, then you take the over here. So yeah. I guess that's how that's basically the bet you're making is that he's gonna have an MVP season, and if he does they're winning over 50 games. They have to. Yeah. So, yeah, if they're winning 53 54, they'll be right at the top. You're right. That that's it's going to be a Luka MVP um type season. So, I don't see that though. Not my MVP. He'll be amazing, but not happening. Denver Nuggets next. Uh they're 48 34 last year. 51 and a half. So, this is a three and a half win improvement, but they do get Jamal Murray back. They do get Michael Porter Jr. um and Jokic obviously off of two 
MVPs back to back. I went over and locked this in. This is similar to my Sixers pick. I just think this team is built to be a regular season juggernaut. The fact that they won 48 games last year with all the injuries they had is a testament to Jokic. Um, but it's also, you know, a testament to Mike Malone, the coaching staff, and it allowed some of these other guys like Bones Highland to flourish, get important minutes. And I think this year, this team is much deeper. It'll take them a while to incorporate Jamal Murray, but they have such a high floor already. And that's what last season established that as long as Jokic stays healthy, which he's, he's kind of a plotting player, you know, I don't, you hope he stays how he's able to stay healthy and the offensive burden now is reduced now that he's got Jamal Murray back. He's got Porter. He's got shooters. I just see this team being the number one seed and blowing past 51 and a half. So that's my over and I'm locking it in. Yeah. I'm hundred percent with you on everything there. I have them as the over. I have them as the lock. I have them as the number one seed in the West. I think of them a lot. Like I think of the bucks actually, I know you said the Sixers, but I think of them like the bucks. I don't think Jokic can turn it off. He's like a winning machine regular season for sure. Um, and their floor is super high. Like you say, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, Jamal Murray coming back. There's, I don't see any way that this team doesn't get four more wins than last year with those guys coming back. Um, I think I saw today or yesterday, Jokic had this like quote where he was like, yeah, Murray's back. He's going to be terrible for 20 games, but that's fine. But I love that he already, like the, everyone knows that like, the fact that he's like, look, we got this. Don't worry. He's going to take some time. Um, I think it just bodes well for the team. And I think that team is going to be a juggernaut in the regular season. Uh, I love this. This might be my favorite pick on the board. Actually, no, I have one later that I might, I might like even more. Wow. Yeah. Strong words. But, but yeah, man, I just it's just such a – and I think what you said, it's – the Giannis and Jokic comparison, the character of those guys in terms of they're not one to slack off. They're, they're going to go hard every game. They're going to play every game. If they can, they're not, you know, up for load management. They just, and they do so much for their teams that no matter what the pieces around them are, the floor is high and the ceiling is even higher now. So I, I feel really confident about this one. And guess who also feels confident and is locking this <laughs> too. It's Nitin. With the overlock, we're all on the overlock on Denver. So this makes the second pick that I think all three of us went lock. On. What do we have, Charlotte under as well? Did you go Philly? Lock? Oh, I did Philly as well. Yeah, we had Philly over. Yeah, so Philly, both teams that we both uh, all of us see as the top in each conference. Um. All right. I don't know if I. I don't think I think I don't think Philly are going to be the number one seed in the East. By the way, but. I, they'll go over 50 and a half wins. Oh, yeah, because you also went over on Boston and... Um, and the Bucks. And the Bucks. Okay, you're right. Fair. I actually have Philly penciled in for number one, but either way, both the teams are up there. Golden State Warriors. All right, this one, the champion, Golden State Warriors, 53-29 last year, 52 and a half, half game to, you know, uh, drop. Returning the same cast of characters for the most part, fully healthy looks like this year with Wiseman returning and Clay finally having a full season, healthy season ahead of him. Uh, what do you go for the Warriors? So I have them as an over. Um, this was almost a lock for me, and I, 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 I don't know why I changed it, but they they won fifty three last year. They're over to get. Be over this year, they have to win 53 again. I think you can make a reasonable argument that every player on their team, other than Draymond, will be better this year than last year. Okay, let's say Clay and Curry may be the same, but they're already at such a high level. Like, if you look at Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole, Kaminga, like, there's a decent argument all of those guys are going to be better than they were last year. I think the guys, they, I think they lost Gary Payton. I don't think that's a massive loss for them. Um, and so I think just with the fact that all of these guys are going to be better, and I think materially better, there's no reason why they shouldn't have the over here. Um, and the only thing that might, you know, cause problems is the Draymond Pool thing. I mean, I'm in the camp that it's not okay. Like, I don't think that things are back to normal. I don't think you forget when someone punches you in the face like that. 
especially when the whole world has seen it. Um, and when you think and know that you're probably a better basketball player with a better future than the guy who punched you. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the Warriors are a really smart organization. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Draymond because I don't think they want to give them the bag anyway. And now they can explain it to the rest of the roster as well. Like, hey, this is why we did it. Curry can't be upset about it. Clay can't be upset about it. They have a pretty good out to trade him. Um, and I and it's just one of those things. You know, we got to the end of the, you know, the, the Draymond KD season where, like, they had that fight during the game. And then everyone was like, no, it's nothing. Players do that. That's just how players are. And then you get to the end of the season, KD leaves. And then everyone's like, yeah, obviously that was something big. Nothing was right after that from that moment. And I could see us getting to a point where the pool Draymond thing comes back up and everyone's like, yeah, things were not okay again after that. So that's the only thing that might affect it. But uh, I'm still going to go over because I trust the organization and I think the player's going to be better. Totally agree. Um, I'm going over too. I think I wanted to go under on this so badly. Like I think the Draymond pool thing matters. I think it it matters and it's it's a tense situation and they'll be fine for now, but it's going to come up in some way, shape or form. And we've seen that, like you said, there's precedence for this. It's just that this team, like the improvements in the roster in terms of just growing year to year, I think Kuminga and, you know, Moses Moody got playoff minutes, like serious playoff minutes last year. And these guys were thrown into the fire and, and just learning on the fly in competitive situations. That depth is going to be so valuable this year. And you don't have to depend on Curry all season. You don't have to depend on Draymond being peak Draymond. Like there's, there's just so many ways that they can, their floor is going to be high this year. And they've all figured out the roles. Like Wiggins, I think it took him some time. He figured out his role in the team. Jordan Poole knows his role. This is a smart team, well-coached team. Um, Everything clicks. So I think it's hard. I really wanted to go under because I hate the Warriors. But when I mapped out all the wins, it's just impossible to put them too low. And 52 and a half is not that hard to ask for a team that is a can just coast in the regular season. So I'm going to go over. I, I dislike them so much. I dislike this team. I dislike the team so much. And especially after the finals last year, I was. I mean, I can't even, and then you like, and then you like go in the media and everyone's like curry love fest. And it's just incredibly nauseating. Um, you know, like yeah, I, man. I, here's the story. I've listened to every thick and thin pod day one, listen to every single one, except for one. And it was the one after the finals. I, I told you guys as well. I was like, I need a week or two before I can listen to it. And even a week or two later, I was like, I, I can't do it. I just can't. So the only one of your library that I just, I left, I, this has been left unplayed. As a Celtics fan, it yeah, I can only imagine what it was like to lose that final series. But I'm glad that you also have the same disdain for the Warriors. Because look, let me tell you something. Everyone over here in the Bay gives me shit. Like, you're a hater. Why do you hate the Warriors? Like, you know, most people, casual fans, like the Warriors. And I'm like, no, yeah. there's a lot of hatred towards the Warriors. Nitin hates them too. You hate them. There's yeah. this like, there's a... Uh, an arrogance, a showboating, and you can talk about Steph and Clay, and those guys can get annoying. Draymond is an absolute just the worst person to root for. Wiggins, uh, you know, as great as the story of him turning his career around, not a, you know, the whole Vax thing. Like, they're just not that fun to root for, in my opinion. And I am hoping that things change the season, but they open tonight with a bank. So I don't know yeah. if. The opener is any indication. This team looks like they're going to continue to click. Yeah, the Curry and Clay showboating is so annoying, and I don't understand why why more people don't it hate is, it. Is man, exactly. and then now Jordan Poole's just like fit right in with it as well. Which is like, how did they find the one guy who's just like exactly the same as them in terms of how annoying he can be when he's you know playing well and making shots? Yeah, it's I it's sickening. Um, you know, the only guy I like on that roster is Looney. UCLA guy, lunch, bring your lunch pail to work kind of guy, you know, plays hard, consistent, but everyone else on that roster, I could do without. Um, all right, Nitin went, Nitin went under. So we both wow. were over. Nitin went under. I'd love, I wish we could hear his justification for that. Um, that's that's going to be a tough That one. has to be like uh, the drama is going to 
overshadow everything. It must be. I mean, I th- it yeah. has to be, right? I the think if rationale. you go under, you must believe that matters. Um, yeah. All right, Houston Rockets. This is a uh, 20 and 62 team last year, 23 and a half. So three and a half more wins. You know, the big offseason acquisition was Jabari Smith Jr., uh, who they drafted at number three. And where do you have Houston? I have them as a very, very slight over. Um, I think they'll just sneak it. I think Jabari will be good. Um, But to be quite honest, I don't have a strong feeling on this one either way. I, I could have gone either way on this one. I also went over, and this is another one of those. One of those bad teams has to go over. <laughs> Why not Houston? And the only reason I say Houston is, once again, they got a top pick. They got a bunch of young guys. Maybe they're more incentivized to win and less incentivized to tank as teams that have no real talent. We'll get to some other teams later yeah. in the Western Conference. And so I'm going over simply for that reason. I don't feel great about it, but... Um, they're they're gonna be fun. They're gonna they're yeah. gonna be fast. They're gonna be flying across the court. And they'll be the they'll, they'll be the best of the four twenty win teams, I think. Exactly, and, and they'll be the best of those. And Nitin went over, so I, I'm guessing he has similar logic. And all of us are on the over on this right. really shitty Rockets. <laughs> I did. Not, I <laughs> out of all of our picks, I did not think that we'd all be on the same page with the Rockets. Yeah, it's like, but what, what's the rhyme and reason behind that? But um, I have a feeling we're going to feel very similarly about the other bottom yeah. teams in the Western Conference. The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, this fascinating team, 42-40 and 40 last season. Kawhi, gone the whole season. Paul George missed a lot of time. But now the expectation is 52.5. This is one of the biggest jumps in any win total for any team this season. I am going to go over. I like the Clippers. I just think th- they're too well coached. What Ty Lue did last year with this team, Paul George played 31 games. So you're missing half a season of Paul George, a full season of Kawhi, and you've got depth, you've got veterans, and you've got a team that's built to win in the regular season. This was also a team in the bubble season, very good regular season record, was right around this kind of win percentage. Um and then they collapse in the bubble. But people forget that that season, when they were fully healthy, everything was clicking. And I think John Wall, I don't know how good he's going to be, but you know, it's depth. It's another veteran. Um, they've got the same cast of characters, Reggie Jackson. Norm Powell is a big addition. He's going to be good for them. I just think this team is going to be in the top of the West. And I think Kawhi, look, Kawhi and Paul George, this is a team that, that has something to prove. They know they've underperformed the last three seasons. I think there's pressure to win in LA and I think they're going to go all out this year in the pursuit of a championship. How about you? Yeah, I totally agree. I have them as an over and, you know, I looked at this as like, okay, we'll assume everyone's healthy. And if this team was healthy, this line would probably be a bit higher. Um, And like you said, people have forgotten because we've seen so little of them all together. People have forgotten that this team is really good when they're together defensively so strong um i just like a ton of good players so i think the over i'm the bet on the overs because i just want to be positive on this one i want to have positive vibes on the clippers i want them to be healthy i want to see how good they can be um like you said they have something to prove so there's definitely no coasting i'm sure will be some game management by Kawhi, but i'm going to take the over um and plus i they got john wall in this you know listening to thick and thin i i heard that i think john wall is probably <laughs> worth like eight to ten games just on his own, based on how Nitin talks about him. So um, he can only take the over here. I know, right? Like you think John Wall team, this is what <laughs> Nitin's been waiting for, waiting for that redemption arc for John Wall. Look, the Clippers, uh, it's funny because remember Clippers-Lakers was a huge yeah, kind of, you know, the Battle of L.A., all that. We're so far removed from that. The Lakers are so far removed from that. But ultimately, the Clippers, despite all the disappointments, um, th- they can very much return to that that kind of uh, become that premier team in L.A. potentially. And I think that's enticing. I think Kawhi can load manage all he wants, but he knows that he got the full season off last year. I don't think he needed to take the full season. That was a long yeah. recovery period. 
So even if he load manages, I think he's going to play 60-something games, and I think that's going to be good enough to keep this team winning. But the funny thing is, Nitin went Oh, no. He went against the This is the most surprising pick. I understand him going under on the Wizards. I do not understand him going under on... He loves Kawhi. He loves John Wall. This one will be interesting to hear. I bet the, the under the under here is the argument for it is that they're going to load manage Kawhi and PG probably. So if you're going to get 60 to 65 games out of both of them, like 53 wins then seems like a lot. Um, so I think that's probably the argument you make to go under because this team does. I mean, what matters is the playoffs, right? Like they, what, how will they prove themselves in the end is like how far they go in the playoffs. And so you could see a world where they, they put their gas off the pedal at the end. Um, even though I think both of us think that they'll also want to prove something in the regular season. Yes, there's a rational argument to make. I agree. Yeah. But Nick, but Nick is not rational when it comes to John Wall. He's not rational. He leads with his heart when it comes to John Wall. So that one's surprising to me, but we're both on the oast. Now me and you, Kush, we're matching on I mean, every pick so far. It's it's you funny, know. and that's funny because Nitin is an Eastern Conference guy, and you're a Western Conference guy. And so yeah. I was with him on the East, and I'm with you on the West. So that's I don't know. Usually that's not a good sign when you're too close yeah. to it. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, like you talk about that Clippers Lakers series. It's funny how you can feel like in sports this sense of loss um, when you don't like. It was so perfect in the bubble for those two to go against each other. They would have both been high to their powers. The Clippers up three one. And I feel like we were all so ready for it. I think you guys did a pod talking about it, um, where you basically previewed the Lakers Clippers uh, yeah. Western Conference Finals. And like, I still feel like I still feel like a sense of loss by us not getting that. Like it's like not absolutely, there. absolutely. It was. It reminded me a little bit, not as much, but like you know, the Lakers Cavs never ended up meeting the Kobe Lebron. Yeah, true. Um, a lot of hype around those. Like everyone overanalyzed those regular season matchups, just like we overanalyzed Clippers Lakers regular season games in anticipation yeah. for the the postseason matchup, and it never happened. Um, and we'll never see it again because the Lakers. It, it yeah, just it'll never be at the at the same height. And that's a perfect transition because now we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, who thirty three and forty nine last year could not have gone worse. Um, lottery team. Massive failure with Russ Westbrook experiment. They're effectively running that back this year with an interesting cast of characters, and their projected totals 44 and a half. So, Kush, where do you land on the Lakers? I mean, I'm going to take the under on this. I just, I, to be honest, I did flip on this, but now that I'm wondering, I don't know why I was even thinking about taking the over. Um, I'm going to take the under. I, I don't know who's going to like make threes on this team. They started today with LeBron, AD, Westbrook, Pat Beverly, and Lonnie Walker, I think. Um, and that's awful. Like, what a, like, from a spacing perspective, from a shooting perspective, like, that is an awful, awful team. Um, so to take, them as, to take them under on 44 and a half, I think, is a good bet. Um, and I get to root against LeBron, which you know I love to do. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the under, and I'm feeling good about it, um, especially after seeing them play today. Give me the under as well. Look, I want to – I want to – I hate the Lakers. I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> but I want LeBron, you know, like at the end of his career, I want him to have some success a little bit. You know, not rooting for them, but I don't want them to shit the bed. Um, well, I kind of do because that's also fun. But LeBron will get blamed for it. I know it. Um, but anyways, I'm going under because this is a just it's a travesty of a roster, man. And when you look at it, the rest of the West, it is just so hard to justify. Last pod, I did say something crazy. I said this could be a contender. And what I meant by that is if everything <laughs> went perfectly, right, which is LeBron at his peak, AD at his peak, healthy, and they make a big midseason trade, it's not unfathomable with, with that type of talent. But the reality, that sounds even more ridiculous in hindsight because the reality is this roster is trash. LeBron is also not at the level where he can carry you night after night. You can't trust AD. Westbrook's checked out. And this is just a roster. I mean, like, I was I started watching the game today, right? And I know the Lakers roster. I follow offseason transactions. I could have sworn it was Rajon Rondo starting at point guard. 
And I was like, wait, that's not Wando. Who's that? And I was like, wait, Lonnie Walker, he's starting? I knew he was on the team, but I didn't realize he was starting. I was like, this is, you know, this is insane. Um, so I, and right now the game is obviously a disaster against the Warriors, but I'm going under. This team can still get it together, be a play-in team, but things are not looking rosy. Uh, and I don't trust anything to I'm- do with this team. I mean, the good thing for you, right, is the way this is set up, is that you got Nitin to admit on the podcast last week that if LeBron wins this title, he's now above Jordan. So now you have at least that recorded. Now you just have to kind of find a way to make it happen. But hey, never you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten him to admit that if the Lakers were favorites. So no, well, no, a- you know what? That's not true. Because I could have sworn before the bubble championship, if I said LeBron won another one in LA, no, no, I could have no, sworn no. it then said, yeah, then I'll, cons- you know, the nah. guy. And there's always this I've revisionist listened, history. I've then once almost you- every conversation, not almost, I've been through a lot of conversations the two of you had had about LeBron and MJ, and he, he would, uh, he wouldn't have admitted for that one. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. That's why I was so surprised last week, because last week was the first time I've ever heard him give you a realist, like a path to LeBron being number one. Uh, we can debate how realistic it is, but um, hey, you know what? I think, I, I, look, I, there is a path for them like where they start the season really poorly, they make a trade, right? And they could still finish under 44 and a half and be like an eight or nine seed, um, but with a much better roster than what they have right now, right? Depending on whatever that trade is. And so you could see the second half of the season being um, like a better team, better record, uh, but I still think it ends up below 44 and a half. Yeah. It's 40, I mean, 44 and a half is like, it seems like a low number, but when you look at the rest of the West, um, it's tough. It is really oh. tough. I think any other year, I think differently, but there's, we're going to get to some of these teams right next. Like these, you know, we talk about the Wolves, the Pelicans. There's just too many teams, too many wins that I don't see the Lakers getting those. Uh, especially in the Pacific Division, is going to be tough. Yeah. Wait. Rem- okay. Remind me again who's in the Pacific. I don't know. I don't know the divisions, to be honest. I don't, and I really, uh, the Simmons like pod where they went by division, I was just like, this is not, this is a confusing way to go about this. Yeah. It, it wasn't interesting. So, I mean, the division is Clippers, Suns, Kings, Lakers, okay. Warriors. So you're playing the Warriors oh, four times. Okay. The Kings, yeah. I mean, whatever you think about the Kings, they're going to be better four times. Clippers four times. Suns, once again, whatever you think about them, they're still a good team. And so just the division itself is brutal. That's 16 games right there. That's, That's like the, the Celtics division is, is crazy as well. It's like Philly, Toronto, um, Miami, I think. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. Um, yeah. so we never talk about division schedules and in, in the NBA divisions don't really matter, but it's like, you know, if it's really good, it makes it hard to, to rack up wins. Yeah. All right. Um, enough about the Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies. They were what 56 on the Lakers. Oh, I almost forgot. Nathan went over. What? I don't do. I am. Did I copy something? Copy and paste it wrong. I don't know. Maybe. An AD bet, I guess. You know, did I copy the East and West differently? (laughs) That's insane. Okay, so that's just him believing that Anthony Davis is going to have like an incredible season and be the guy we all thought he could be. The thing is, we just recorded the pod, right? And I sounded very bullish on the Lakers. He was bringing me down. So it's like we flipped all of a sudden. Um, Fascinating. Okay. All right. So once again, we stay same wavelength, but let's see what happens here. Memphis Grizzlies, fifty-six and twenty-six last year, forty-eight and a half over under. So a seven and a half win drop. Uh, you know, you know, this is Jaw JJJ, really good team, deep team. Do you see them going over under this year? I'm gonna take the over here. I don't. For a team that's this good, and I understand that they overperformed last year, so maybe you know 56 isn't the right number to compare to. I just I find it really hard to think that they're going to drop by eight or nine wins, um, having not really lost anyone. 
Um, so I, I, I think it's just, I think it'll be close. They'll probably get to 49. I think they get 49 or 50 wins. They're not going to get to 56 again. But I'm going to take a slight over. Um, and yeah, I love Jaw. I think Jaw's just like such a killer. I think he's just going to be so fun. It's just going to be fun to root for the over here. I'm on the same page. I'm going over. Uh, 48 and a half. This team, I mean, what they showed me last year with Jaw out of the lineup, they had an amazing record. You know, even games without JJJ, they played well. This is a team that it's plug and play. Whatever guys, when t- guys miss time, the bench makes up for it. Very high floor. Um, and I think they've been through battles, man. They they went to the Western Conference semifinals last year. The year before that, they were in the first. This is not a, you know, we think of them as an upstart team because they're relatively young. But now they've had a couple seasons of, of playoff experience, of, of figuring out their rotations. They're well coached. I like that. I trust that. And I'm taking the over as well. Um, yeah, they're not going to, I don't see them being like the top seed of the West or anything, but definitely uh, 50 wins they're going to hit. So well coached. Like, so, so, so well coached. Like, Taylor Jenkins doesn't get talked about enough, weirdly. Um, yeah. A lot of credit goes to Jaw, as it should, but the fact that they were just that insane record without Jaw says everything about their coaching. Nithin went under. So okay, I can see that. We're both over. He's under. I I, I can understand that pick. I, I think this is going to be. Super, I think it'll be a close one. And yeah, there's a little is. bit of like the jaw, like the fear for like how Jaw plays if he gets injured, and like even though Memphis were good without him, they're obviously not going to. If he's injured for a long period of time, like I, I guess that's true. But I'm, you never want to bet on injury. Yeah, I I will say Ja, he's got a little cocky streak to him. It's you know the 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 fame got to his head a little bit, chirping a lot in the offseason. Not to say that's going to impact his play or anything. He's an amazing player, but you know, let, let's just see yeah. how this team kind of does when there's no more surprising or you know, the expectations aren't low. Now the expectations are high, how are they going to perform? Yeah, yeah. Um Minnesota Timberwolves next team uh and this one is 48 and a half. They were 46 and 36 last year. The big Rudy Gobert trade, one of the big stories of the offseason, bringing back, you know, a lot of the same guys otherwise. Cat, um, Anthony Edwards took a leap. They only got to the first round last year. This is a 48 and a half win total. I'm going to go over. And this one's a little tough for me because I think they massively overperformed last year. A lot of things went right. The problem, or not the problem, but the reason I'm still bullish on the over is the fact that Rudy Gobert is just the ultimate floor raiser. Just like whatever you think of the trade, whatever you think of him, I think they overpaid. He's on the wrong side of 30. They're going to be good in the regular season because he solves their biggest fundamental problem, which is interior defense. And it makes everyone's lives easier. And this is a team with already players on, you know, like Anthony Edwards is becoming a star. I think the Gobert edition is enough to keep them in that 49-50 win range. How about you? Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, I think I was really low on the Timberwolves last year. Um, and they were one of, one of the ones in the West I got wrong by a lot. And um, I just didn't see like Anthony. I just didn't see Anthony Edwards being that good. And, and they just they just were really good. A regular season team. I think this team is going to beat up on bad teams. I think they're just going to you know win. They're going to they're going to be a team that wins every game they should win, and then they'll probably win you know a few others up against the big dogs. So I see them. Uh, and like you say, I think Gobert is really good for that. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards is a boss. They have a lot of dudes. You know, Gobert, Cat, Russell, Edwards. Um, Last year, offensive rating was eighth, and their defensive rating wasn't that bad. It was 14th, and that 14th is going to just get better, right? So if we see them as top 10 on offensive and defensive rating, that's a 50-win team. So for me, yeah. 50 wins or more seems right for, for what they have. Yeah, it's like I, I don't feel comfortable saying the Wolves are going to be a 50-win team. It's been so long since... <laughs> They've been that good, but it's it's really hard to argue with with Gobert. Like as much flack as he gets, this guy is. There's a reason those Jazz teams were just juggernauts 
Yeah. Uh, and then the postseason is a different story, but. Yeah, when we get to and, the playoffs, I'm betting against him. Yeah. <laughs> betting against them in round one. So that's for sure. But they'll, they'll be a good regular season team. They will be. And Nitin is going over as well. So we're all on the over. And Nitin is actually locking this. So he is super oh. high on Minnesota. Um, he he must think they're going to win, you know, 53, 54, you know, comfortably into the 50s, I think, if he's if he's locking that. So that, that's interesting. Um, next, New Orleans Pelicans. They were 36 and 46 last year. Now 45 and a half is the win total. They added CJ McCollum, and the big story is the return of Zion, Slim Zion, looking good, feeling good, signed the extension. Where do you land on New Orleans? Uh, I'm going to go under on New Orleans. I think if you bet the over here, the over and under comes down to one question, right? Like, is Zion going to stay healthy? Uh, well, two questions. Is he going to stay healthy, and what Zion are we going to get? And I just... I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna take the over because I just can't trust that he's gonna stay healthy. And again, I just don't know like what he's gonna what he's gonna look like. So I'm pretty happy to take the under here, and I'll be happy to be proven wrong as well because, I mean, the league is just better having a great Zion in it. But I'm not ready to believe that that's what's gonna happen. Give me the over just because I want to see the over. And I, yeah, Nitin yeah. made a lot of fun of me talking about the Pelicans after they lost their first round series against Phoenix. And I acted like, you know, they, they reached the finals or something. Um, this is a high number. This is a very high number. Uh, I'd like, I, I just like the idea of a healthy Zion. I think it'll be easier for him to stay healthy given the shape he's in, um, you know, given the conditioning that he's improved over the offseason, supposedly. And I just like all the pieces. And I think CJ McCollum, Ingram, Valanciunas, they all found a, a good working rhythm together. I think Zion, it's been in the past, it's an awkward fit with him and Ingram. But I think they're not going to be forcing the Zion point guard experiment anymore under Willie Green. I think he'll you know move to a more natural position down low. And, and it's just... This guy was all NBA, man. This guy was an all NBA type talent the last time we saw him play a full season. I find it hard to believe that this team won't be this good if everything's if everyone stays healthy. Um, and and Willie Green has proven to be a good coach uh, and get the most out of these guys. So I'm going with a slight over. This was also one of those. We know sometimes you think of the win total and you just look. You like if I get to the end of the season and I look at the season standings, can I imagine? the number next to this name and like 46 and 36 next to the Pelicans just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look right. The Timberwolves were 46 and 36 last year. I don't know that the Pelicans are going to be as good as that team was, but again, let's see. Zion could prove it. That's fair. Could prove me wrong. The way I justify it is I, in my rank of teams, they were eighth. Do they seem like an eight seed to me? Yeah, that doesn't seem incredulous that they That's can make the eight seed. It's just the West is so good. So, kind of in that hierarchy, I was okay with slow going over. Um, so all who, right, next. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. New Orleans. Oh, by, by the way, Nathan went under. So he's on the same page as you. Okay. I went over. And this is the first one we differed in the West, Kush. We're finally here. We go. I know maybe that taking I, separate paths. Looking at the ones we have left, I think ooh, I don't know if we're going to differ on any of them. All right. Okay. Okay. See Thunder twenty four fifty eight last year twenty two and a half is the current win total, and they are you know, famously getting Chet Holmgren, and then famously having him get injured before the even plays a game and out for the season most likely. So this is a team, same story, bunch of, you know, SGA and a bunch of guys. Will they tank? How bad will they tank? I'm going with under. I just, I know, I think last year they went over in total. I find it hard to believe that this year they're going to do the same. They're going to, like, Presti knows what he's doing. He knows what's at stake. They're going to be in full tank mode. There's no way this team wins over 24 games or 22 and a half. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't. I they should set an over under on how many games SGA is going to play because that guy's going to be <laughs> that guy's that guy's going to be sitting a lot. He's going to be feeling all sorts of injuries this year. Um, yeah, again, makes no sense for them to do anything other than tank. They are pretty well set up to do it. Um, I'm going to love watching Poku play. I find it. I find him just like a really entertaining guy to to watch. Um, but yeah, tank, 18 wins, 19 wins, get Chet back, draft somebody really good next year, and then you're suddenly looking so good next year. If you get a top pick, you have Chet coming back, you have SGA there, then uh, then you're completely ready. So it makes no sense for them to go over. Um, it's a low line, but yeah, I'll take the under. It's a low line, but like if you're Presti and your whole mantra these past couple seasons has been tank, get picks, get picks, get picks, and then the one year you have the prize of like the decade or even more than a decade and you decide you're going to start winning games, there's no chance. And this team is bad enough that if you shut down SGA, like you said, this team's not winning. They, they can't, even if they physically yeah, try. Yeah, yeah, they can more. try their best. So yeah. I, I, you know, I wouldn't even feel bad if they go over like this one. I, I'd feel stupid if I even bet the over on this one. So we're both under, but Nitin is going over. Of course, he is zagging hard today. He's zagging hard. So once again, would love to hear that, but he differs with us on that. We're on the same page. All right, five more teams. Phoenix Suns, 64 and 18 last year, 52 and a half is their win total. This is one of the biggest drops, the biggest drop for any top team. Um, and we all know how their season ended last year. A lot of drama, the sale or Sarver, obviously, and the controversy surrounding him. Aiden almost went to Indiana. He doesn't seem to be happy. This is an interesting team, but still, massive drop in wins. Who do you have? What do you have for the Suns? This, I, I mean, we'd have to go back and look at it. This must be the highest drop in wins for a team that didn't lose anyone in like in a long time. I mean, they brought back all their their top three guys all came back. Top four, everyone came back. Um, they were the number one seed last year, and then the last fifty-two and a half. So, I mean, I'm going to go under. I, I think vibes are bad. I think they mishandled the Aiden situation. Um, I do, I just see from from by all accounts, I mean, everything I've read says that everyone on that team hates each other now. Um, Chris Paul is a hard enough person to like as a teammate when you're winning. Um, I can't imagine what he must be like in a situation like this where everyone, the organization's all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, 50 and a half, like 12 wins less seems like a lot, but I think I have to go under. Um, they may get a bump if the sale goes through. Like you get a cool new owner, like that could be a bump in morale, but I'm not going to bet on that. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is that everyone is under on this. Um, they're a bit like the Raptors of the West. The Raptors, everyone's over. That makes me uncomfortable. The Suns, I think everyone's under. That makes me a bit uncomfortable, but I'll stick with it. I went under as well. The vibes <laughs> are bad. I The leadership is bad. And this is something common with Chris Paul teams because there have been those Clipper teams that talented, underperform. I, I get similar sense that this team is reaching that brink of do they like each other? Can they play together? Aiden might be traded. I don't know, like later in the season. Um, and look, the thing that makes you feel better, that made me feel better about this underpick is a couple years ago, they made the finals. And in that season, they were hovering around this 52 win mark. I forgot exactly the win total, but it was around last year was a massive jump and they were yeah. a 64 win team. But saying that they're going to be like that team that made the finals back to the low 50s, still a playoff team, I don't think is ridiculous. We're not saying that they're going to suck. Um, so I'm comfortable going under. Um, it's just, it is such a crazy big drop off. And like you said, they didn't lose anyone really. So from a on paper standpoint, it becomes hard to justify. Yeah. I just don't know how you come back from that game seven loss. Like, 
they were they were riding so high, 64 wins and playing this amazing basketball, defensively so good. Like to then get blown out at home as a pretty heavy favorite, if I remember correctly. Um, and then really no one talked about them. You know, after that, it wasn't as though, you know, we got to the Warriors Celtics and the Warriors won and people were like, oh, but the Suns were the best team this year. Hey, no one said that last year when the season was over. Um, and I think you're right. They're probably closer to the team that they were two years ago than they were last year, um, just with worse vibes. And so it seems like their window is closed and it'll be one of those um, breakup years. I actually, you know, you bring up a really good point. I never thought about it like that because in what other year has a 64 win team collapsed so just in such a dramatic, just ridiculous fashion and not been talked about as, wow, what could have been? This team should have won the title. People just kind of accepted it and moved on. Like, yeah, no one, that- I, I, I think it came out later that like they probably had COVID and stuff. I mean, whatever, but no one. No one's like, oh, if the Suns didn't get COVID, they would have won the title. No yeah, one. Has. Yeah, yeah. No one, even though they're a sixty-four win juggernaut, everyone, you know, like. And I think they do have a crisis of leadership. Chris Paul, as good of a player as he is, I think when things go south, he's not the most likable guy. Um, and Booker is also doesn't seem like the best leader. So, yeah, I, I think this team could go under easily. Um, Booker's got his Kendall Cor- Jenner distraction. I mean, he yeah, was—he was about to have the best summer ever if he had won the title. He's dating the hottest girl in the world, and now he would have. He was All NBA. Like he got yeah. his accolades last year and all the, you know, but couldn't win it when it mattered. Um, Portland Trailblazers. Okay, so this is a team twenty-seven fifty-five last year with Dame missing a good chunk of the season. Thirty-nine and a half is their win total projection. Um. This is a team that, you know, Dame wants to be loyal. He's going to talk about it every other day. And guess what? You're being loyal, and this team is devoid of talent. But that being said, 39 and a half, low number. They've surpassed this several times in the past with Dame as the number one option. I am still going under. And I am locking this <laughs> under pick. Now, part of it is being hopeful because the one team we need to surpass for the Kings to make it is the Blazers. But I just I don't see I don't see this working. Like Simons is a nice player. Jeremy Grant's a nice player. Nurkic has been slowly declining. He's not the same guy he was three years ago. They've got a lot of interesting pieces, but a bunch of role players. I don't see how this roster and and Dame, the thing that people haven't been talking about is he's he's a step slow. We saw this in the Olympics. We saw we didn't see much of it last year because he was injured, but I think he is getting older. He's not the same player. The defensive um, kind of his inability to play defense is only servicing more and more in these games. The shooting is not necessarily the same as it was. I don't think it's the same Dame that went to all those Western Conference finals. So I find it hard believing this team with this talent is going to top 39 and a half. So under lock for me. Yeah, I'm the exact same, under, locked. To me, I look at these guys the way I look at Charlotte in the East. They, this line is four, four or five games too high. I mean, I, I would take the under at 35 and a half for these guys. Um, I get that Dame missed time last year, but like you said, he's not the same Dame. I think the, the Portland teams that we remember, you know, surpassing their win totals, they had CJ McCollum as well. So, you know, it wasn't just Dame doing that. Um, Dame is older. I don't. I like the idea of them being a 500 team is just insane to me. I don't see how that's possible in any way. Um, so I think the under the lock is, is pretty obvious. Um, and I just, I don't know how Dame does it. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how a, we've seen players go a certain way, right? So the, the player empowerment era, everyone wants to move around. Everyone wants to play with other superstars. And I just don't, I don't know what to think of Dame being this, loyal and committed to a team that is perpetually um, middling. Uh, I don't know whether to give him credit for it or to um, judge him a little bit for not chasing something greater. So you're saying you don't, you think you should judge him or you don't think you should judge him? Well, I'm saying we judge players on both sides, right? When they move, 
to join other great guys, we say, oh, there's no loyalty. You're just chasing a ring. You're just trying to play. But then also when a guy shows, I mean, from this is, a, I would say we could say that he's showing a lack of ambition, right? Like, yeah, it's in a way, it's easy to stay in Portland your, in your whole career, win 40 games every year, hit a couple of big shots every season, get called big shot Dame, and then never really like put yourself in a high pressure playoff situation. I guess he had one conference finals, but like, it's weird because we judge players on both sides. If they move, we judge them. And if they stay, I feel like there's some way that I could judge them as well. I just don't know what to think. The litmus test I use for that is, would the fan base be upset if you left? And I don't think Portland would, I mean, they'd be maybe kind of sad because he means a lot, but they'd understand it. I think most Portland fans would want him to go and find success. He's given them a lot of good years. And so I think if a fan base is okay with you moving, I think, you know, maybe you should do it and not just get comfortable. Um, that being said, you can't blame him, right? Like, yeah, you're right. We Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But at the same time, I hate how Dame expects credit and is always <laughs> asking for credit for staying there. And I get it. Look, okay, you're not hardened. You're not, which is good. You're not asking out all these things. But if you have to keep reminding people that you're loyal and that people should care about that, then I'm going to put less stock in it. So that's how I Yeah, and it's not like he's well compensated for being loyal. I mean, I think his, what's his like contract? I mean, the number, his salary that he's paying his career is like one of the yeah. highest among Exactly. Like he's getting ever. paid. You know, Beal's, Beal's loyal. Beal's totally loyal to Washington. Do we <laughs> celebrate that? No. We're like, what the hell is he doing? Washington fans don't even want him there. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a year that they're going to struggle. I agree. I think it's going to be well under. Um, that's why I locked it. And guess who also locked this under? Nathan. All right. So we are all on the under lock for Portland. We haven't tracked right. locks. I don't think we've tracked locks well enough the last few years, but I do think that we we do decently on the locks, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, I think both of you did. I think I messed up one conference. I went one and two, yeah. but Sacramento Kings are the next team. Uh, there so we this go. Is a team thirty and fifty two last year. Uh, my Sacramento Kings, they traded Halliburton, got Sabonis back. Had some injuries to Fox and Sabonis during the season. Revamping the roster this year, especially with the addition of Keegan Murray with the fourth pick. Their win total is 33.5, so 3.5 win improvement. Um, what do you have, Coach? Uh, so I have them as an over. Um, I, this, is, this is a pick, like, I want, I want this team to be good. So I'm going to root for them to go over. Um, I just want you to be happy, Karthik. I just want your team to make the playoffs. You know, are they are they now the longest? Are they the longest yeah. in like professional? After the Mariners made sport, the postseason, after the Mariners yeah. made it. Okay, so I want them to be good. I think there are some wins to be had. You know, I think Portland's going to lose a bunch of wins. Uh, Phoenix is going to drop a bunch of wins. So I think there are wins in the West that need to get you know taken up by some other players. And I think that you know Sacramento can do it. Um, I like Sabonis, and based on what you told me, I should like Keegan Murray as well. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be high on the Kings, and I'll take the over. All right, all right, you take the over. Are you sitting down? <laughs> Don't you admit them, Kush? I want you gather your get your last paycheck, get your last two paychecks, get your last three paychecks. Now look, I know I know you make you make good money. Uh, you're a smart guy. <laughs> Take those three paychecks, put them all on the Sacramento Kings over. This is the lock of the century. Oh my God, I have never God. been more confident about any Kings team <laughs> in my life. I don't care if I'm wrong. I've been wrong so many times in the past. This is a lock. I put my life on it. I will not do the pot again. No, I'm not going to say that. But yeah, I. I'll stop there. This is a lock. And yeah. There are too many things to like about this team. I think they're going to win 40 games. That's six and a half wins on top of 33 and a half. They, the Sabonis Fox pairing and the limited sample size they played with amazing offensively, the pick and roll game. Uh, they work well together in the two man game. 
We didn't see enough of it. We're going to see more of it. Fox, his stats took a massive leap once Sabonis got added to the team. Uh, and he's looking like the player he was a couple years ago um, in, in that prime form. They added Keegan Murray, who has checked off all the boxes. And there's a pick I was not happy about. Looking very good in summer league, in preseason. Can play defense, can shoot, is a smart, savvy player, doesn't make mistakes. The kind of player who's going to keep your your floor high. He, he's not he's not Jaden Ivey. He's not going to go for 35-40. He's not giving you the ceiling of some of these other guys, but he's giving you solid 15 to 20 points a night. I think even as a rookie, he can start contributing. And then you add Kevin Herter. You add Malik Monk. You add all the shooters that we added. Davion Mitchell, one more year. And this is before I even get to Mike Brown. A wow. new coach, a defensive-minded coach who comes from the Warrior system, who's coached Kobe, who's coached LeBron, teaching these guys how to play defense. All these variables, you cannot tell me that all of these things are going to change and they're going to win three and a half more games. They're going to win 10 more games and they're going to be a playing team and we're going to win in the play-in and we're going to break this playoff drought. And I'm so hyped. Lock the over. I love it. I love I love the passion. I love that you went over. I thought you were going to go under when you asked me if I was sitting down. I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a bit of a mess. Um, I love that you went over. I love that you locked it. And I, I love to see the confidence. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm a bit of a masochist, so I might also enjoy it if they don't quite get there. <laughs> You're just like sad six months away from now. You, you nip and commiserating you on the pod. But no, look, what you say makes sense. I think, like, logically, uh, they should be higher and Portland Trailblazers should be lower, right? So if we just flip those two over-unders, that's probably where I think we, well, where I see the Trailblazers and where you see the Kings. Um, so, yeah, love it. I love my overpick now even more. Now, remind me, what was the last paycheck bet that you asked the listeners to make? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it was... It, I, a couple of years ago, I did say a king's over. I put that as a lock, and I said something. But I, I've I've said this a couple of times. I don't yeah. think it's ever worked out well. That's I, uh, well. That was the point I was getting at. Is I think the last. I don't remember the last one you made, but I remember it not cashing. So um, maybe I'll put fifty percent of a paycheck. Maybe not the full full pre paycheck. Let's do it, man. This is free <laughs> money. Free money. Why not? I like um, it. I love it. Nithin goes over too. So we're all on the over. And I will say that the one thing that scares me is everyone's on the over for this. Yeah. All the national media types, Zach Lowe, you know, all House loves Bill it. Simmons, you know what? Everyone's on it, which definitely has me worried when everyone's on it. Things go bad. Um, okay. San Antonio Spurs, our next team. Uh, I don't have the same level of passion I did for the previous one. <laughs> This is, uh, they were 34 and 48 last year, surprisingly competitive and feisty. 12, 11 and a half win drop. Their total is 22 and a half. Um, and this is a team devoid of talent now that they've shipped off DeJounte Murray to Atlanta. Um, and I'm going under. I think this is another team everyone talks about as a prime tank candidate. I, the hard part is Pop is just such a good coach that he's going to get wins out of this group. But he's also a smart coach, and and the Spurs have gone through this in their organization where they know sometimes it's advantageous to tank. That's how they got Tim Duncan and reeled off five championships. I think they're smart enough as an org to know that this is a season not worth fighting for a couple extra wins. They will go into tank mode and fall in that 21-20 win range. Um, So I'm going under. I'm also going under for all the reasons you said. I don't it makes me nervous the under here, but I don't think I could take the over and feel good about it either. Um, yeah, I mean, this team just, there's no talent. So, like, even if they try to win, I don't see how they're going to win 24, 25 games, let's say. Pop is a concern. I mean, he's, he's obviously so good that he could get wins out of almost anyone, but he's also smart enough, like he said, to know that they don't need to get to 23 or 24 wins. So, take the under. Don't feel great about it, but um, yeah, they, they should tank. Nathan also goes under, so we're all on the uh, under for the Spurs. And I think we've only differed on one pick so far, Kush, in the Western Conference. All right, well, 
you know, I'm going to hope that your knowledge of the Western Conference is going to help. It's helpful your picks in a way that I went. So last year I went 12 and three in the West, which I was, uh. so my East was disarmed, but I went 12 and three in the West, which I was pretty, pretty happy about. Um, and I don't know whether that's I have to look up if I'm like away, if you're away from it, because I obviously spend more time thinking about the Eastern Conference, you know, week to week. Um, maybe that helps. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, and so Nitin already said he went under on this one, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're all under. Uh, last one, Utah Jazz, another team, 49 and 33 last year. The biggest drop in any team this season, now at 23 and a half win total. Danny Ainge has gotten his hands on this roster, shipped off Mitchell, shipped off Gobert. This is a team that still has talent. It has Markinen, Conley, Sexton, Clarkson, but a very low win total. Where do you land on the Jazz? I have them under, and I have them a lock, actually. Um, uh, interesting. They, I don't love this lock right now, actually, but they, I mean, they made the trade so that they could tank, right? I mean, they got rid of Mitchell, they got rid of Gobert. Their whole goal was to tank. Um, Danny Ainge, obviously, I think he's a really good GM. Um, he knows what he's doing. He knows the prize at the end of the season. I don't see why they would do anything other than try to go under on this one. I see them and the Spurs having a similar win record. If I'm going under on the Spurs, I should definitely be going under on the Jazz, which has one higher win total. Um, I see them having, you know, I'm sure Sexton, Markinen will all take time off. Connolly is old. I'd probably will take time off as well. So I can see them shutting down a few guys similar to the Thunder going under. My biggest worry here is actually the coach. Um, worry for my under is the coach because, you know, I, Will Hardy is a smart dude and I'm sure he'll want to prove himself. And so, that's my concern is that he might be too good for the under, but um, I'm going to go under and I'll lock it. I like the under as well. The Will Hardy, yeah, good coach, promising uh, coach. But Danny Ainge, like you said, this is – if you're going to ship off – he shipped off Gobert and Mitchell so fast. Yeah. Right? Um, and – Mitchell specifically said that they, you know, he had made some comment about them riding into the season with him or they don't have any immediate plans to to do anything. And then before you knew it, he was traded. So if you're going to be that aggressive and then all of a sudden try to win games with this roster, it makes no sense. And it's very easy to bench Conley, Gay, these veterans without, you know, it making, you know, much of news. I think they're going to tank. I think that's clearly the plan. And Danny Ainge is too smart to not do it. And you have to go under another one of these that, yes, they could go over just because the team, the coaching maybe, but I would not feel good betting on that over given the direction they're trying to head in. So that's an under for me too. And that is also an under for Nithin. There are four, four teams in the West that have 23 and a half or lower as their win total. And one in the East. The only one in the East is the Pacers. So just to yeah. go back to why the Pacers are under lock is because there's no one else. I mean, in the West, there's going to be four teams that are fighting each other to tank. And in the East, it's just not that many that yeah. are going to be doing that. So Someone's got to be really bad in the East. And so you're right. That's it's an even better argument for Indiana going under. Um, the West is going to be so shitty to watch some of these games. I mean, I might watch the Spurs in like March just to – See how many players I can name. <laughs> I'm gonna watch those games just for the free wins that we get. <laughs> I need to get. I need to get to 40 somehow. You gotta get so to those, 40. You gotta add those in. Okay, so now to summarize, we only differed on one pick, and I think that's New Orleans. I went under. You went over. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything else were were lockstep. Um, summarizing the o the locks. Nitin went Denver over Minnesota over. Portland under. I went Sacramento over, Denver over, Portland under. And you went, what did you go, Kush? I went Denver over, Portland under, and Utah under. 
So we're all on Portland under lock. Denver over? And we're all on Denver over lock. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm 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 fine. I, I I think those two picks are. I was at those. You know what? I was like Denver might be my. I think Denver over Portland under maybe my best pick, my favorite pick out of like the whole slate. I like those a lot too. So, all right. Well, any parting thoughts? We just we ran through all thirty teams. Uh, you know, my one big takeaway is that this is just gonna be a fun season. There's so many good teams, so many talented teams. It's it's so hard with this exercise. It's always hard with this exercise, but it's even harder this year because a lot of teams you want to believe are going to be good. Yeah. And I know, I, I mean, we don't say this every year, but there are so, like, there are six or seven. I'd say oh, you did this exercise last week, maybe even eight teams that I wouldn't be surprised if they won the title. And no runaway favorite, which is awesome. Um, I mean, I guess less awesome that the Celtics were, like, title favorites and then things went weird but um i think the season is going to be so fun at the top and then i actually think it's going to be super fun at the bottom as well because watching the guys who are tanking and seeing who ends up getting victor then watching the middling teams you know fighting for those playoff spots like the kings um and then seeing guys coming back so you got zion coming back jamal Murray coming back Kawhi coming back so there's yeah there's so much to look forward to knock wood i don't think there's any major superstar injuries going into the season correct me if i'm wrong no for once and last year we had a slew of them and in the year before as well i think so this is yeah so it's a super exciting i mean as exciting of a season as i think we're gonna have i'm super excited to listen to the pod i was telling you before we came on as well like i i miss it in the off season so i'm i'm especially happy you guys are back um and yeah keep doing what you're doing hopefully uh, my over-unders do as well as they have the last few years, and we don't have a reversion to the beat. Yeah, especially in the West, because then that means <laughs> my, I'm doing something right. But um, yeah, man, always good to have you on the pod. Uh, you know, can't wait to do it again. We're we're gonna have to grill Nitin on some of these choices. Um, I, I gotta yeah, I gotta of, go back and highlight. Some of his picks in the West need to little need a little bit of questioning. Maybe you spend the first bit of next pod asking him on a couple of these ones. Exactly. Yeah, we'll do a little recap. But um, awesome having you on, man. Looking forward to another great season. Year four of Thick and Thin. Let's go. Um, we're just getting started. Awesome. Thanks a lot. <laughs>